1: Welcome again to Splinters. It's that time on a Tuesday night on Triple H 100.1 FM and on the web at au once again. And of course, via podcast at podcasts.com. That's podcasts, plural, dot com. Oh, geez, there's another one. I just can't seem to avoid them. This is time now for the last of our triple treat of second, third, fourth tier rugby league previews for 2019. Tonight we look at the Sydney Shield, a competition which has been much maligned over the last three or four years but has provided us with some of the most exciting football we've had the privilege of calling here on Triple H over the last five year period and of course a competition that was threatened by its own very existence or had its own existence threatened by the powers that be but has got another reprieve. Joining me on the bench and he always manages to Find the smooth side of the bench and leaves the splinters side to my side. He is friendly ground announcer for the moment at every West Tigers NRL metropolitan game with the season about to kick off. And of course, we still think he is non commercial radio's premier rugby league analyst. Hello again, Keith Topolsky.
0: Good evening, Tony. Good evening to everyone listening on triple or 100.1 FM or on podcasts.com. I always make. Ah! That don't 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 put the two x four there. The two by four stays on your side. Excuse all right, me. Alright, this is the Lord Merrill side, no, alright? Excuse
1: me, I'm the host, so therefore I have no. I should have the smooth side. Now look, let's go to the Sydney Shield before we start sorting out infected splinters full of white ants, termites, etc And the twenty nineteen Sydney Shield, if the powers that be had their way, would never have been played. There was a push at the back end of last year for a super Sydney A-grade competition, but the problem was that the New South Wales Rugby League, from what I've been told, couldn't find a partner to do all the hard work for them. So, Sydney Shield has survived into the medium term. And ironically, the great irony is the Sydney Shield, Keith has been the one competition that has expanded and has attracted new teams that have come out of the woodwork to join the party
0: in 2019 and beyond. Well, it wasn't that long ago that we had the idea, as you say, of the Sydney Shield shutting down. And before you knew it, Moorbank wanted to come into the competition and now they wanted to shut it down again because, oh, well, Mounties weren't there last year, so let's move on from there and Western suburbs are out. But now you've got Sydney University, Ray Morris's old team, <laughs> the team from the 20s and 30s. Yes they couldn't win a game but I dare say they'll go better than that this season but University's back and a blast back to the 90s with Ride Eastwood returning. And and 70s and 60s Mm. as well because Ride Eastwood and Sydney University
1: were pillars of the old second division slash Metropolitan League that was played in this city of Sydney going right back to when it was shut down in 1976. So it's great to see them back. We have lost Blacktown workers from the Sydney Shield this year. I have been told that if they had known Blacktown Workers that is, they had known that the Sydney Shield was to survive, they would not have made the moves they did to drop the Sydney Shield side and go back to the Penrith A-grade competition <laughs> so we could very well see Blacktown Workers fortified by their new lay-butt stadium complex come back into the Sydney Shield in 2020 and beyond, but as it is, it's Blacktown Workers out, right eastward at Sydney University in, Penrith Brothers somehow have come back and I don't know how that's happened, and the end result is we have a 12-team competition that faces the starter's gun this weekend. March the 16th is the official kickoff. We must thank the New South Wales Rugby Leagues for
0: finally producing draws. Not more, not more than 48 hours after Splinters went to air last week. Anyone in any doubt about the influence of Splinters <laughs> needs to watch what happens in sport after we go to air. Of course, as we said on the bench last Friday, Splinters sets the global sporting agenda. Well, we set some agendas. I don't know whether they're global,
1: but we set some agendas anyway. So the draw is out, and let's quickly run through the first batch of teams in this first half of this special Sydney Shield preview edition of Splinters. And as we have done with the last couple of editions for the Canterbury Cup, as it is now officially mm-hmm. known, of the ISP.
0: Canterbury there's, Cup. There's, there's a swear jar edition that'll make more than one appearance during the season, I'll you give you tip. You better believe it, uh, because people will revert
1: back to type. And I even had some officials at the launch last Thursday even forgetting the uh, name of the competition and reverting to the old one. So the Canterbury Cup And the Ron Massey Cup, we started at the top with the defending premiers. We're not going to make any difference here. We look at the defending premiers in the Sydney Shield, one of the most outstanding junior clubs that have graced our fields over the last 10 or 15 years. A club that have won a Canterbury A-grade, a Western Suburbs A-grade, a Group 6 and three Sydney Shield titles in five seasons. We speak of the defending premiers, the East Campbelltown Eagles. And they won
0: a partridge in a pear tree just to top it off.
1: Just to top that off as well. One of the strongest family solidified unit clubs that we have in our game today out there they start off as defending premiers interestingly enough they haven't quite stepped up to the mark when they've defended titles they've won their premierships 14, 16, and 18. They're going to be hoping that that trend is bucked at least in 2019. When you have a look at their lineup, they've kept a vast majority, Keith, at the side that won
0: that Premiership so well last September. Well, the key players, obviously, in that team Shannon Gallant, he's returning. The Lay brothers, Grant and Brett, they're back. Mason Talalua, really, really strong edge back rower who can fill in in the centres. Alex Potifara was absolutely sensational. He came through the Western Suburbs Junior Rep Round. Sean Conner as well, although he had an absolute nightmare game. I think it was in the prelim in final, the that final that almost but cost them. Survived. Craig Mastakis is back. A couple of depth players in Bryce Shaw, Baden Stewart are back. Amanono Tovio has re-signed, Theo Liato. Now, the interesting ones that they brought back from other clubs, Guy Thompson has returned, Fusey Tutai has returned, Eddie Vatavai has returned, and three guys they're bringing in, PJ Matalifi from Campbelltown City. He had endless potential, but sort of went off the rails a bit, lost a bit of motivation and interest. He's back from Campbelltown City. Jaya Lul from Mounties. Maltese International. And this is one that I really like because he's he's not really got the size to make an impact at Ron Massey level, but he's certainly got that versatility to make an impact in the Sydney Shield. Is Tom Morrison from Western Suburbs, the SG ball coach.
1: Indeed, and he'll be uh, keeping his hand in the pie, so to speak, by putting on the boots for the Eagles. And look, Richard Barnes has uh, got a very good squad at his disposal again there. You know what you're going to get when you play East Campbelltown, you're going to get a tough 80 minutes when you travel to the Waminda International Stadium, as they like to call it. And you're there.
0: going to get a mouthful from the fullback for the full 80 minutes as well.
1: You will, which is Shannon Gallant, but he's been giving a mouthful and a godful to many and varied people for a lot of years. Uh, you know, we still remember that famous dust-up Greg <laughs> Davis, <laughs> Davis. At, at, at Story Park all those years ago, where he uh, gave away height
0: and reach and still won on points. And Joel so, Latham emerged from the showers oh, in a let's town. Oh, go there. Let's, oh, what a
1: this day. Is, this is a family program, we're not going to go down that path. That's
0: infected splinter. That
1: is very infected. You know what you're going to get with Shannon Gallant and the rest of East Campbelltown. You're going to get a tough 80 minutes, you're going to get full commitment, you're going to get a side that takes its opportunities, a side that will do the rumbling hard work through the middle, and they've got enough brilliance out wide to score the points that they need to win games of football. They're virtually unbeatable at Waminda at their uh, home base at Waminda well, International Stadium, Waminda Oval to the rest of us. I can't see East Campbelltown finishing anything but top four again, and maybe it will be another fourth grand final appearance in uh, what it will be four and seven
0: seasons, or four and six seasons. They're definitely aiming there. They're definitely, on paper, good enough to make the top four. But as you mentioned, East Campbelltown, they have a habit of getting a premiership hangover happening. So if they can... Do- that if they can make the four and if they can show some form in the back end of the season going in, because that's the other thing that East Campbelltown, they show off the premiership hangover, not early in the season, but at the end of the season. That's when things start to go awry. If they can buck that and take the form through to the finals, then I agree, there's no reason why they can't be there on grand final day again, but it really does depend on whether they're going to buck the trend in the back end of the season, because the first half, they've never had a problem.
1: I think they'll be top four again, maybe a fourth grand final and six seasons uh, away them now let's have a look at the team that went so close to toppling them on grand final day last year how i don't know you must say that the guildford owls used the the playing conditions that were available to them they used the ability to drop players back from the ron massey cup there were key players in the spine Mm -hmm. that dropped back from the ron massey cup side after they were bounced out in week one of those playoffs managed to find their way back into the Sydney Shield side because they had played enough games in both competitions. Yep. Todd and take nothing away from him, though. He is an outstanding coach of young players. He's proved that with this Guildford side, particularly when they've been short of numbers in this Sydney Shield over the last three or four years. You've got Paul Fletcher in the background. Are they going to be as fortunate enough again in 2019 to have the rainbow come out and give them three or four quality players halfway through the finals to allow them to start a momentum charge to a grand final again. I'm not so sure.
0: It really does come down to what happens in the Ron Massey Cup. We spoke last week about the fact they've signed two main players in Sultan and Harris. They won't play Sydney Shield but the knock-on effect for Sydney Shield is the players will come back. Having said that David Harris has some injury history. So if he gets injured again then Massey will have to call on the Shield reserves. Now we're back into the system that we had last year that day at Moorbank where Guildford couldn't put a full squad together. I think they were left with 13 or 14 players 14
1: players, they had one reserve, and they pushed more Bank to their absolute
0: limit for 60 minutes. And they really should have won, except for a couple of questionable decisions, which, well, what else is new? But the question mark I have over Guildford is they had led a blessed life in the finals, they got there, then the Massey players came back, and all of a sudden the momentum started. How is that going to happen again this year? Are they going to keep rotating players through Massey and Shield to try and give both teams the best chance come finals time? I don't think they will, because I think Paul Fletcher's looking at this season... Cabramatta and Asquith in the Massey being the front runners thinking we can knock them off, which means he's going to take the best week in, week out and not spread the love. So Todd McKeon, personally, I, I think it's a disgrace to rugby league that Todd McKeon is still coaching Guildford Sydney Shield because I don't know what he has to do to get a start with a Jersey flag team because he he is above Sydney Shield. What he did with that team last year was just superhuman. And what he's done with kids like Todd Sapienza,
1: yes. turning them into stars of the future is nothing short of outstanding. He's one of the nicest and most modest guys that you'll find in the game. and he'll Which is probably his problem. And you'll probably find that he won't even like us talking about him in these tones, but the proof of the pudding is in the eating with his coaching, and look, they'll make the eight. Mm-hmm. Just not sure whether another miracle will happen again. I
0: don't think it will. I think they'll probably get bounced by week two, but that won't be for lack of effort or ability. I just think that the depth won't be there for them to call on this year.
1: Let's have a look then at a side that were the surprise packages and really added a fresh flavour to the Sydney Shield in 2018. They're coming from virtually nowhere to go so close to a grand final at their first finals appearance in a number of years. We speak of a young Moorbank Rams outfit. They were coached by Brad Moran. Clearly, Brad Moran was noticed by someone further up the line. He's now moved on to take up an assistance position under Steve Hales in the ISP system at Blacktown in 2019, and justifiably so for the work he did in getting Moorbank a young side So close to the grand final. They probably should have beaten East Campbelltown Mm. in that preliminary final last year at Leichhardt. It was just East Campbelltown's finals experience that just carried the day when Moorbank had chances in that second half that they didn't take. Hopefully they will have learned those lessons, but they're going to have to do without Brad Moran. They've brought in Brian Rowe, who's an experienced hard head in the Moorbank club. It was Brad Moran's right-hand man for a number of years. He now has his opportunity to step up and take up the coach's clipboard himself. Going to be a lot of pressure for Brian Rowe because people now will be coming after Moorbank. They will not be the hunters. They will be the hunted in 2019. They've kept their big gun young players players in Jake Camere, Jake Horton and Jason Tuolau. Curtis Moran, and Sisamana have signed to the system. They will have the access to the Canterbury-Bankstown jersey flag and ISP teams as their feeders, but it's they'll be expected to take that next step or step and a half up this year to perhaps appear in a grand final, and that's going to be a big ask.
0: It will be a big ask, but I, I like what they have access to in that Canterbury jersey flag site. So regardless of what... They themselves have signed more bank. Jake Averillo, Blake Clayton played SG ball for Western Suburbs a couple of years ago. He is lightning quick. Get him in space and you won't catch him. Zach Hetherington, I've always been a fan of at the lower levels of the game. You move into guys like Tyrone Tokamo. Tyrone Muong Dut was a revelation last year. He's part of the flag setup now. I dare say he'll come back he'll for come a few games. He'll come back and play some games and he will be absolutely devastating as he was at shield level for a lot of last year. Kyle Castle, Jacob Winterstein, they don't lack for talent. One guy I really like and I hope that he gets a gig. He's only two foot tall and he's built like a toothpick. But another Western Suburbs junior in Chris. Christian Erso. He has plenty of ball-playing ability, he's got a good kicking game. His size does count against him. He is he is stick-thin and very, very small, but he has plenty of heart and he can make some good tackles as well. So I hope to see him playing a bit of half-back or maybe even five-eighth, four more bank during the season. As for a finish, I'm leaning towards a top-four finish. I can see them missing possibly. They're, they're definitely in the eighth. There's no question about that. But is it top-four? Is it bottom-half of the four? It's a bottom bit of a coin uh, top top-half of, uh, top top half half of, of the... the- Bottom section, yeah. Bottom of the half eight. of the eight, five I should to say, six to seven. Yeah, are, nice. are they three, four? Are they five, six? I'll go five, six, but not with a lot of confidence. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see them three, four. Well, you're going to get a nice uh, litmus test on them early. The match of the round for mine
1: in round one of the Sydney Shield pits Moorbank up against East Campbelltown at Hammondville on Saturday mm-hmm. at four thirty. What a cracking start to the season that's going to be. We'll get a good guide as to where they're at out of the blocks. In the, early, in the early exchanges. I think they can make top four. I'm not sure if they can make the grand final, though, but I think they will finish top four. Let's have a look at the other side that rounded out the top four last year and that were eliminated sensationally by Guildford in that other preliminary mm-hmm. final, uh, and that is the former champions, former two-time champions, in fact, the Wentworthville Magpies, who have won two Sydney Shields in the past. They won the very first Sydney Shield when it was only a seven-team competition mm-hmm. way back in uh, 2012. And then they won again when they defeated the Hills District Bulls in 2016. They've been a perennial finalist at this level of the game. They've made some changes with the with the coaching clipboard. James Pastani, the evergreen, who's been around for a heck of a long time. Injuries and bad luck. Killed his chances to make the next step as a player. Uh, He really was upset at missing out on that Lebanese World Cup squad in 2017 when the Rotator Cuff gave out on him. He's taken up the coaching cudgels ahead of Simon Greaves as the new Sydney Shield coach at uh, Ringrose Park this season. And you probably wouldn't get a better coach at this level of the game than the, the former Lebanese international.
0: I'd say so because of the record he had. As a halfback, and the way he was able to guide his team around the park and got players doing exactly what he wanted at Wentworthville and Hills District, at at both clubs, it's not necessarily the fact he was a good halfback, but that he got the players around him going exactly where he wanted to and they understood. That's the sign of a good coach, and that's what's promising there for Wentworthville. I just wonder, in terms of the turnover at the Massey level, how that's going to impact on Sydney Shield. That will absolutely affect them down the line. Again, it's Wentworthville, so you you can basically just put your your house on them making, making the eight. finals whether it's bottom half of the eight top half of the eight that's the question I have them in that five six bracket uh, again a, a very similar to Moorbank I think it's a five six finish wouldn't surprise me if they find the four but I don't see them quite getting there in the end
1: there's quite a few clubs that are going to be jostling in mm. that three four five six bracket behind yep. the likes of East Campbelltown and maybe one or two others that we're going to come to shortly and a lot's going to depend on injuries and a lot's going to depend on the luck of the draw and mm what sort of combinations these sides can keep on the paddock week in, week out over a long season, especially when you're dealing with jersey flag offcuts, as a lot of these clubs mm-hmm. do, and looking at the length of the season starting this weekend and going for six and a half months, given buys, etc., etc. And
0: it is worth noting ask. that in terms of the flag excess players, Parramatta's excess flag goes to Guildford, not Wentworthville. So Wentworthville won't have the ability to call on the extra-fleet players that Parramatta have available because they're going off to McCready Park, and I think that's going to hurt them as well. Again, yeah, top eight, not a problem. Top four, I don't think so.
1: Maybe fifth or sixth for mine for Wentworthville, but you know what? They could start well, and who knows where they may finish up. You could see a junior Rika come out of the woodwork again uh, with those tree-trunk legs that he has and make an appearance and look a million dollars for at least Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks anyway. All right, let's have a look at two more sides that we think are going to be there and thereabouts. We look at the uh, 2017 Sydney Shield Premiers in St Mary's, the Saints, who, of course, have made their changes with the coaching clipboard Mm -hmm. as well. Luke Swain has stepped down. Um, My mail is that perhaps unlike Brad Drew, which was a more voluntary step down, perhaps there was a bit of pushing involved with Luke Mm -hmm. Swain, but Luke Swain has gone. And we still have the nucleus of a good young squad at St Mary's League Stadium in this Sydney Shield competition. But again, because of the sameness about their Ron Massey Cup squad, we've seen that they'll have the access to the Penrith off-cuts of Flegg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is that going to be enough for them to go back into the top four and make a a run for a Sydney Shield title. That's questionable,
0: particularly under a new coach. I think it's very questionable. But As you say, new coach in Shane Rodney, who is really unproven at this level, so it's going to be interesting because it's a real somewhere. Punt. You do have to start somewhere. What I'm really concerned about for St Mary's, though, is the youth factor in terms of the players that they're going to be looking at for their Sydney Shield side. In terms of guys that we really know exactly what they ben can Cartwright. do Ben Cartwright, Alan Neesela, Antonio Fungia. That's pretty much it in, in terms of guys that we can confidently say we know exactly what to expect. So you're looking at a lot of 2021 20, year olds who have come out of the fleet system at Penrith who aren't ready for the step up to ISP and St Mary's. They don't they don't know whether they're going to be massive ready or not, so they'll leave them in the shield. They'll get the offcuts from Flegg as well. And Sydney Shield, you know you're getting off-cuts. There are some teams that will put players in Massey ahead of Flag or Flag ahead of Massey, and they'll have that debate. Sydney Shield is the second tier to the Jersey Flag, basically, so you will get Flag off-cuts. With, with the reason that East Campbelltown have done so well, it's because they've got that core, the experience,
1: hard-head, yeah. hard-nosed, true players, true experienced players that are probably of Massey level but are quite happy to yeah. hold the fort and maintain the strong
0: Family unit out at Wiminda. This is a team I see finishing bottom St. Mary's. Of, of the eight. They're going to make it again. I think they're probably on the periphery here. They're in that 7-8 dogfight position. I think it'll only be two or maybe three weeks at most from the end of the season before they can finally punch their ticket to a top eight berth. I think they're going to struggle this season. Shane Rodney's in for a baptism of fire of sorts, but I think he'll be able to guide them through.
1: Another side that we can look at then, look, I'm I'm thinking bottom half of the eight as well, which is I'm putting a lot of sides in that bottom half and that three to eight category because outside of East Campbelltown and perhaps one or two others, not a lot of standouts when I look at mm. the form here. And when we look after the break at the new clubs and the very much unknown factors that they bring to the table in 2018 and into 2019, I should say, that's going to be very much the the question mark when you try and do a form guide for this Sydney Shield competition this year. One side that I do think will make the eight almost by default, when you have a look at some of the other sides, the new mm-hmm. clubs that have come in, is, of course, the Cabramatta 2 Blues. Yep. And, look, they had their moments last year in finishing the mm-hmm. bottom half of the eight. They had their moments in that elimination uh, final before they eventually bowed out of the competition. And under Chris Yates, they have certainly improved the uh, the Jim Ormsby uh, era out there at, uh, mm. at New Era Stadium. In this Sydney Shield setup uh, has certainly paid dividends as far as giving players an opportunity, which has seen the likes of Josh Bergman leave the pub and go elsewhere.
0: Yep. Uh, I'm thinking because of what they've done at Massey level with Chris Yates, we spoke last week about the recruitment that he managed to pull off for Massey. And he's filling those holes. So those guys can either hang around, which they have done for the most part. A couple of them have decided to move on for other pastures because they're not getting a start in Massey. But for the most part, those guys have hung around and they're prepared to fight for their spot in Massey by starting the season in the Sydney Shield. All of a sudden, Cabramatta is building a really strong Sydney Shield squad with those Massey guys that... Last year, yeah, they got a start. And this year, no, probably not just yet. But they're prepared to have a a real dig for it. That's why I see Cabramatta making the four in the Sydney Shield as well as the Ron Massey Cup. Chris Yates was very clever with his recruitment. He signed exactly where he needed to strengthen. And those players that couldn't really carry the tin at Massey level, I think are going to do really well at Shield level. Do they win the comp? Do they not? Well, I'm not quite sure about that. But Cabramatta and East Campbelltown, I think, are two mortals out of three in this competition to make the top four. I think there are three guarantees for the top four. And then, as you say, that three through eight is going to be a real dogfight.
1: I think Cabramatta are going to be there and thereabouts again. I tend to agree with you about leaning towards perhaps taking the last spot in the top four, but I still, on the other hand, think and maybe bottom half of the eight again in that five to eight cluster, which is really going to be uh, something to keep an eye on mm-hmm. as this Sydney Shield develops, particularly with the X factor of these new sides, which we're going to discuss after, after the break, of which there are three of them, and then we have the standalone sides which are gonna struggle this year because they have lost the link to an to
0: a Ron Massey feeder slash ISP feeder who are very much on their own. One of whom is fairly local, not as local as other teams may be, but certainly the standalone factor will be a change for one of our local clubs that we will be seeing. In the Triple H footprint. In in the footprint, yeah. We'll say they're in the footprint. They're not necessarily walking distance from the (laughs) station, (laughs) unless unless you've got a day or so to go for a walk. But certainly in the Triple H footprint... I think that will be an interesting point to raise as well and as you say the new teams in the right eastwoods and the Sydney Universities they've got a little bit to cover off as well and then one team in particular I think will stand out because of the same reason that Cabramatta will so I think you can probably guess where I I'm going, where with you're that. going with that yes, but exactly. certainly I can see that side being one of those top four teams so there's a real mix as you say in that three through eight maybe even three through nine category that we could really see things really mixing up
1: indeed all right, then. Just quickly, and I will repeat this again before we finish this wrap. The uh, round one draw, we can officially state mm-hmm. what the round one draw is. The Ride Eastwood Hawks will have the honour of starting the Sydney Shield in 2019 at Erskineville Oval this Saturday, the 16th of March. Speaking of out of at, footprint, at, that's that's at, a bit of a hike from Ride. Indeed, one o'clock, one o'clock kickoff. So pretty impressive conditions at mm-hmm. Erskineville Oval to start the Sydney Shield in 2019 for Ride Eastwood and Hills District Bulls. Kicking the Sydney Shield off. Uh, The other games, three of them on Saturday, the 16th of March. Cabramatta hosting Wentworthville at New Era Stadium. That's one of the two feature matches of the round. Of course, Moorbank versus East Campbelltown at Hammondville Oval Mm -hmm. um, at 430 The and Wentworthville Game is a 3 p.m. kickoff as the curtain raiser for the Ron Massey that follows. Moorbank East Campbelltown at Hammondville at 4.30. St. Mary's play Asquith at St. Mary's Stadium at 4.30 on Saturday, the 16th of March. Again as a curtain raiser for the Ron Massey that follows. And then the one match on Sunday, the 17th of March, sees Penrith Brothers host Guildford Owls at the Hickeys Lane. One o'clock kickoff there. Curtain raiser before the Ron Massey that follows. Belrose and Sydney University have opening round Buys. From what I'm hearing, in one of those cases, they might need that buy to try and get mm. some more numbers. Who that side is, you're probably having a guess already as to who it might be. You're probably not too far off the mark. But we'll tell you who that is when we have a look at the second half, the other six sides in the 2019 Sydney Shield, plus a look at what we're doing on Triple H, sneak preview what we're doing on Triple H for the season, right after this, as Splinters continues. <laughs> tell you what Keith. i don't know how many times i have to tell you keep those infected splinters away from me i'm starting to worry about anyway look welcome back to splinters this is Splinters's sydney shield preview continuing we are can you believe it three or four days if you're listening to this maybe even less than a couple of days away only a few sleeps away from kickoff of the 2019 season it's finally upon us depressing nature of the summer of cricket and a Australia getting beaten by India at home can be put to one side when we start the Sydney Shield as well as all the other big competitions Ron Massey Cup, Canterbury Cup the NRL on the weekend of March 14, 15, 16 and 17. Let's get back to business and have a look at uh, these sides that are going to face the starter's gun on the weekend of March 16 and 17, the opening round of the Sydney Shield for 2019 and uh, let's go to the first of the new clubs, a club that Hasn't been cited uh, since they were part of the Balmain Right Eastwood Tigers outfit that went down to, Newt- to Newtown in the New South Wales Cup Grand Final, as it was known then. Mm-hmm. Back in 2012, they then uh, dropped out of the New South Wales Rugby League Open Age scene. They have come back. They've made some reasonable noises about trying to expand into Ron Massey in the not-too-distant future. They were a pillar of the second division competition through the 1960s and 70s as the great rival to the Wentworthville Magpies. They won the last three Metropolitan Leagues, or second division competitions as they were known, 1974, 75, 76. Their pedigree at this level is well documented. They were even good enough to make the Amco Cup back in the day, straight out of that Metropolitan League We speak of the ride Eastwood Hawks. They're back in an open-age New South Wales rugby league competition in their own right for the first time since 1976 and for the first time as part of a joint venture since 2012. But they start from scratch. They uh, are basing their return to the Sydney Shield on the back of their grand final appearance in the ICC, the Inner City Conference Combined Sydney A-grade competition. In 2018, when they went down to the East Hills Bulldogs in last year's combined ICC Grand Final at the Billmore Sports Ground, clearly they see that their future is not at the ICC level, but at a higher level, Keith.
0: Absolutely, and as you say, the pedigree of Wright Eastwood is well documented, but the problem that Wright Eastwood are going to have this season is, how do you go about getting those players for the step up to Sydney Shield? and in terms of getting players who are probably ready for that step up to Sydney Shield, they're going to be reliant on the West Tigers jersey flag offcuts. Now, West Tigers have some good players in the flag side, but some of them would end up going back to East Campbelltown or Western Suburbs' Ron Massey if they were given the opportunity. Guys like Gus Garzanith, he stepped up into what was then the ISP last season before he did a shoulder, and that was pretty much it for him. But in terms of the guys coming through the Balmain system that they're going to have access to, you got guys like Spence Ben Stavanovic, if he doesn't get a start, Bennett Wheelhouse. I like what I saw from Curtis Wilson last season. Henry Luga who was originally Western Suburbs, then Balmain. I think he's going to feature prominently for them this season. Guys like Keani Marshall I really like. They're going to get players back who will be there for them but some of the some of the guys that they're going to need in terms of that depth might not be there because they're going to be bringing so many flag players back they're not going to disgrace themselves they're, they're not going to do a kingsgrove colts or anything like that or, they're, the they're, or even a penrith brothers in last year's massive uh, in last year's shield or even a couple of years ago lest i mention it the asquith sydney shield side that was really a an under 19 team that got baked every week They're not going to disgrace themselves. I don't see... And they're too proud of the club to do that, but... I don't see them making the A. When you predominantly
1: base a side on A graders, Mm -hmm. on Park A graders, who have been good at that level, don't get me wrong, Mm. to make that ICC grand final last year, they had to be pretty reasonable. Uh, They've got a fairly experienced coach in Walt Wilson who took them to that grand final last year. Mm. He's been at the club for a a few years now, very similar to Brian Rowe at at Moorbank, a, a guy that has known his way around the traps in that hawk set up for some time. But as we have found, since the Sydney Shield and Ron Massey Cup took the step up and expanded back in 2012-2013, the competition is littered with clubs mm. that think that they can step up straight from A grade and step in and business as usual. And we found that that's not the case. Asquith themselves took a couple of years and a couple of hard-baked uh, spankings in their first season to get the message that they needed to get players from elsewhere. And
0: even when they did make the grand final, they then had to take that step backwards yes. to rebuild and make sure that they didn't just have a squad that was there for one year, they had to make sure it was there for two, three, four, five into the future, which is what they've done now. So whether Wright Eastwood can do that, that remains to be seen. More Bank is another
1: case in point mm. Their First year back in the Sydney Shield was a, a learning curve. They learnt those lessons. They got their feeder arrangements spot on and they were very unlucky not to make the grand final last year. East Campbelltown, on the other hand, came with a pedigree, strong pedigree of groupie Six, West A-grade, Canterbury A-grade, a Mm. hard-nosed, club-like, unit-like atmosphere. That's how they thrived. Windsor Wolves have fallen by the wayside because they found it too hard to keep up with the likes of St Mary's. Blacktown workers have had to get into bed eventually with Manly and find a... Fair few players from here, there and everywhere to try and uh, and match it. It's not going to be easy for Ride Eastwood uh, to step up from A grade level. But eventually they'll learn the lessons hopefully from this year and they will go forward because they are too proud a club and have too much of a pedigree not to feature alongside the likes of Wentworthville and East Campbelltown at this level of the game in the not-too-far-distant future. You're probably right. Oh, they may be, a, by a process
0: of elimination, a, a, a silly chance to make eighth spot. Yeah, if they're going to make it, they're, they're in the fight with another team that is... With, with that team that I mentioned before the break that's within the footprint, I think. Yes. I think it's going to be a dogfight. If Wright-Eastwood are going to make it, it's going to be a dogfight between those tr- two teams. And their
1: trial form, Wright-Eastwood, has <clears throat> been okay. Uh, they, were, uh, they had a trial with fellow newcomers, Sydney University, uh, which they lost. They've been competitive for long periods in their trials, mm. and that'll stand them in good stead, but... If they get a run of injuries, that's when they'll really feel the pinch. They could, like I said, be a silly chance to squeeze into eighth spot, but they're going to need a lot to go right. All right, let's have a look then at the other newcomer, the other new team that's entering in 2019 into the the, the, the Sydney Shield. And you want to talk about history, Sydney University. Last time they played was in that Metropolitan League slash second division in 1976 in any New South Wales rugby league open age competition yes they've been playing in the tertiary student competitions over the last four or five years but at this level of the game you have to go back to that second division of 1976 where they were very much cellar dwellers for a lot of those years in that second division against the likes of Wentworthville and Ryan Mm -hmm. Eastwood Asquith a couple of others then of course you go back to their old history when they were part of the main first division competition right up until 1937, the period 1920 mm-hmm. to 1937, where they made one uh, grand final in that 18-year period. Yep. Um, they suffered, of course, uh, against the university footprint of rugby union being the strongest code on campus and the sports union, if you called as such then, leaning towards rugby union, of course, as the as the number one sport. But you look at Sydney University's pedigree, in sport, right across the board. And their Rugby Union uh, club, Australia renowned, defending Shoot Shield champions. They have just dominated the Sydney Grade Cricket competition Mm. this season like very few have in the last 20 years. They won the Sydney Grade Cricket Club Championship with a round Mm -hmm. to spare by 250 points from the runner-up. They've got three minor premiers in the top three grades and a fourth team playing finals cricket. They've sponsored and have backed the Sydney Flames and the WNBL for the last 17 or 18 years after they parted company uh, with no money from the Sydney Kings organisation. I've been told by their new coaches, or their new coach, Mick Habib, that they're going to be very much on trial with the hierarchy at Sydney Uni this year uh, to try and be competitive so that the University Sports Union can back them up with real dollars in 2020 and beyond to make a, a real fist of this Sydney Shield. They've probably done the right thing in having the feeder arrangement with the Glee Burwood Wolves. Mick Bibb, who was the uh, long-time, almost suffering lieutenant of Nike Aaron Zamet, very much the good cop to Zamet's bad cop, the salve to the fireworks that Zamet provides. He's taken up the cudgels as the Sydney University coach full-time this year, even though he'll still be working very closely with Zamet. And so with that arrangement alone, they are again another side with a silly chance of making the eight. They're going to be playing a lot of their home games alongside glebe Burwood home games and a couple of home games will be on triple headers with Newtown because that's the mm-hmm. further stage of the feeder arrangement up the line through glebe Burwood to the Newtown Jets. And so on that alone they uh, could be there and thereabouts as a silly chance to make the eight. They've signed Nick Serafino from Cairns which is the one major sign that we can mm-hmm. glean yep. so far again. Their trial form has been Let's just say experimental against the likes of Wright Eastwood and a few others. And a lot of people are going to wait and see, myself included, on what happens with the X factor, the unknown quantity that the Lions, as they're called, the Sydney University Lions, as they're called, we'll bring to the
0: table. This is where I think you're right. That pedigree and that Sydney University history, again, similar to Riot Eastwood. They're not going to disgrace themselves, but there's a lot of youth and there's a lot of new guys coming through and they'll be relying upon Glebe, who will be relying upon Newtown, and that that's where I think they might come undone. Another team that... I don't think they make the eight. They're certainly in with a shout, but I think the lack of experience will tell. And for a first season in, they won't make it, but they're certainly going to do themselves proud in terms of the effort they put in and how close they do get. But I just don't see them having that depth and that cattle that they need to make an impression at the back end of the season. So I see bright Eastwood, in Sydney Uni 10th and 11th. In that order? No, I'd say 9 10. I think you've got two teams, and they're the two teams that we'll come to in a moment that are really going maybe to be pushing nine, uphill. 9, 10, I think 9 10, yeah. 9 10, 10, 9. I think the two new teams will be the teams that consider themselves very lucky to miss the cut when when they or finally to miss the cut. Or very unlucky, I should say, to miss the cut when they do bring down the curtain at the end of the season and cut back from 12 to 8 for finals time.
1: All right, let's have a look then at uh, the first of those three sides that we are worried worried about, really worried about. The Hills District Balls, who of course have been great supporters of ours as we mentioned on the Ron Massey Cup preview uh Linda's episode last week. One of the great game day experiences at this level of the game. I caught up with Paul Griffin at the New South Wales Rugby League launch last week and he just shrugged the shoulders and said, you know what, we're struggling. You know, we're, we're mm. battling. Yep. Um, they don't now have a feeder into an ISP or a Ron Massey Cup club. Uh, So these are one of the two or three clubs that are genuinely doing it on their own against the odds, and you can only do that for so long with so much, which is a shame because they made the grand final of the Sydney Shield in 2016 Mm -hmm. and were triumphantly making their way into... A Ron Massey tilt. The following year, they signed Felitti Matteo. Felitti Matteo and Heath Lestrange are staying on as co-coaches again. By G, you want to talk about baptisms of fire and Brian Rowe. Felitti Matteo and Heath Lestrange got the baptism of fire from a coaching perspective last year when the Bulls really struggled so much so that Lestrange had to put the boots on at the back end of the season and play two or three games just to put some numbers or fill numbers on the paddock. It may get that way again for the Bulls this season I really fear for them
0: you're completely right and this is this is where I think Hills District have fallen into that junior club trap a little bit later than what the others have. You spoke of Penrith Brothers and the likes of Moorbank and others that have gone before them, Asquith as well, who have gone out of A grade and thought, yeah, we're going to step up into the Shield and Massey and we're going to make an impression. And then they got their backsides handed to them on a plate. Hills District made the step up. To to be fair, Hills District did take the step up. They did make two uh, successive finals campaigns in the Ron Massey Cup in the first two games. That's exactly what I'm talking about, though, is that they had that success early and I don't know whether they would have, they, I don't know whether it's fair to say they rested on their laurels but I don't know whether they've been as aggressive as some other clubs have been such as your Asquiths and your Cabramatas recently. Losing the feeder up the line has yeah. helped. and losing the feeder has certainly gone down badly in terms of what they can produce uh, week in week out. So that's going to hurt Hills District as well. In terms of the playing depth, we don't have any signings that they've made apart from those two with uh, Harry Seeker and I think it was Matt Saunders, might have been coming over from the English Super League this season, which or will bulk up the massive. Paul Griffin but... told me that, you know, they're struggling and, mm. you know, they're, we're battling away. Yeah. So... And by Paul Griffin's own admission, if he's using that language, then I think it's most justifiable that I put them in the bottom two, because, as I say, as as a junior club, Hills District are the powerhouse, and as a Winston Hills Tigers junior, how's that for irony? Oh, the fact just. I play for the Tigers as a junior, lap that up, Matt Mears. But they were always the halves of. Of that northwest segment in the Parramatta District and the Winston Hills and originally the Kellyvilles were the have-nots. And now Hills District are finding what it's like to be on the other side of that equation, and I don't know whether they're handling that as aggressively as they should. But I certainly see them bottom two.
1: I can't see them making the eight, put it that way. Whether they finish bottom two or bottom four in that mix, right east with Sydney Uni and a couple of other clubs we're about to come to. Uh, remains to be seen. Let's go to the side that were embarrassed towards the back end of last year. They had to withdraw from the Sydney Shield competition a month out before the end of the season. Uh, they appeared to have almost got away with it without too much of a penalty, apart from a you know a token fine for mm. forfeiting the last three or four games. They obviously ran out of numbers at the uh, at the back end of the season. They found the step up from being a top dog in the Penrith A grade, unbeaten grand finalists in 20. 17 to feather dusters in the Sydney Shield and Ron Massey Cup in 2018. I speak of Penrith Brothers. There were some raised eyebrows in a lot of quarters about their uh, application being accepted again. Come back into the Sydney Shield in 2019 after mm. dropping out of the competition the way they did uh, in 2018. Hopefully they have bulked up some numbers, but the silence from Hickey's Lane is deafening, and uh, there are question marks again on what the brethren are going to give us in the Sydney Shield. Let's just cross our fingers they do play out a
0: full season this year, Keith. That's all we can really hope. And as we mentioned last week, they've been talking a big game. They've been talking about having recruited well, but we don't know who they've recruited, apart from Brendan Waters, who I confirmed during the week has signed on for brothers to play Ron Massey Cup. But apart from him, there's nothing confirmed out of brothers. So will they be a side to be reckoned with in the Massey, which means they can drop players back to Shield? Will they just be there, thereabouts in the Massey? Will but they be, as you say, the feather dusters again, in which case Sydney Shield will just get pumped week in, week out? Remains to be seen. I don't see them escaping the bottom two. I think it's a shootout between them and Hills for the spoon, and that that's the nicest thing I can really say about the brothers because we don't have enough information, so we're going on what we saw last year, and what we saw last year, it wasn't pretty.
1: I'll see how they go in the first couple of rounds. Um, they've got uh, a home game against Guildford in round one. That might be a, not a bad start for them against a yeah. the side, not one of the real heavyweights like an East Campbelltown or a Wentworthville or a Cabramatta, but uh, someone that they may fancy themselves on beating. They did stretch Guildford uh, at Massey level, at least in the, the two meetings they had in Which, 20, which tells in you how
0: even the Shield so, the shield competition can be, given that it was Guildford in the grand final last season. So the, the opportunity is there if they take the step up and do the right thing recruitment-wise.
1: But, again, on what we know, yep. you've made the call. bottom two. I think they're going to be bottom four missing out on the finals. All right, let's go finally to the two sides closest to us in our footprint that we call, gives me, a heck of a lot of... Uh, and called a heck of a lot of in recent years. And we start off with a side that failed to make the Sydney Shield finals for the first time since returning to the competition in 2013. The 2013 premiers, of course, Mm. seems a heck of a long time ago now that those great tussles they had with Wentworthville throughout that 2013 season, including that classic major semi-final at uh, Cabramatta and then the classic grand final at St Mary's, uh, which went to and fro All day under James Mortimer. Those days seem a heck of a long time ago now for the Belrose Eagles. They failed to make the finals for the first time in the Sydney Shield last year. And what's made it worse for them is that they now too have lost their feeder arrangement with the Glebe Burwood Wolves now that Sydney University have come in. And they've solidified that arrangement all the way and um, up the line and down the line. The Belrose are now basically on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't feed into Manly Warringah for reasons that have well documented on this station in the past. Uh, the lack of attention to them and to junior clubs in the Northern Corridor by the Manly Seagulls franchise is well documented. So without that feeder arrangement with Concord uh, Burwood and then the Gleet Burwood Wolves, which they needed over the last couple of years to put teams on the field and competitive teams on the field... Now going to be a problem. Tim G is gone. He's been. She was shown the door unceremoniously by the Bellrose committee in the off-season. They've now got a, a co-coaching combination in Adam Saunders and Junior Ackham have taken up the uh, the clipboard. Two untried, unknown quantities in the coaching department, and they're very much going to have the same sort of side that wasn't good enough to make the finals last year. I spoke to Eric Galloway, um, Uncle Eric, at the launch. Of the New South Wales Rugby League competitions last week, and he almost shrugged the shoulders just as much as Paul Griffin did. They're just saying, Oh, you know, we're battling, we're we're struggling but we'll get there but that doesn't tell me a lot and it's not a good sign
0: it's not but at the same time where Hills District ran into a brick wall Belrose that they I think they're in a position where it's darkest just before the dawn because you did mention that problem feeding into the Manly A grade competition with the weakness in that Northern Conference A grade competition if it falls over there will be players looking for a start and that's where Belrose can go in and just you pick off so? the best of them we're I going wouldn't surprise going- Many things fall over. There are a lot of players that will just walk away or go to rugby union. I think there's the opportunity there for Bellrose, though. Now that you've got the situation without that feeder players aren't going to be told they don't have a game that weekend. So that's where some of those players who know they're not going to be up to Massey standard, they might turn around and say, well, you know what, I'm not going to get punted from the squad anymore now that there's no feeder agreement. This might be the opportunity. Only because of the fact that Uni and Ride Eastwood are going to be so, so young can I see Belrose making the finals. But as I say, I think Ride versus Belrose, I think that's your eighth place shootout.
1: Well... I would like to be as optimistic as you, Keith, on Belrose's chances. What you also have to remember is that in the Northern Corridor, you want to talk about hated clubs. That's true. Belrose are the silver tails of silver tail territory. They are the club that are hated most by just about everybody else. And there are players out there that would cut off their leg rather than play for Belrose if push came to shove. Maybe the changing demographic and the changing landscape of the game in these parts... May force a change. But without that injection of some of those players turning out uh, for the uh, maroon and orange, or the red and orange, depending on what game, what day it is, I can't see not only Bellrose uh, making the eight, but I struggle to see them perhaps avoiding a dogfight for the Spurn with the likes of Hills District Bulls. And... Penrith Brothers as much as it pains me to say that because Lionel Watts Reserve is one of the fortresses of this competition when Belrose are on form and when they are playing well. It's a a ground that no one wants to come and play at Uh, especially if there's no rain during the winter it becomes a dust bowl facilities are not as good there as they are at 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 other places and it's a tough place for the travel for teams to come to. But if it's going to be against an opposition that's token, it may not be that hard this year. I think they'll be battling or fighting out personally myself for the spoon with the likes of Hills District Bulls and Penrith Brothers just quietly. All right, lastly, let's go to a side that is the closest to our footprint. We mentioned last week on the Ron Massey preview show, they're a club close to our heart. They've been sponsoring us for a heck of a long time. The Ask with Magpies... Uh, returned again back to the finals of the Sydney Shield last year. They uh, got past Blacktown Workers in Week 1 before eventually they found the eventual Premier's East Campbelltown far too good in a sudden-death semi-final in Week 2 of the playoffs. But they've recruited well. Bernie Perinara has also been appointed for the next three years alongside Pat Wisner by the hierarchy at Story Park and at Magpies Waitara at board level. And the recruitment drive we spoke about last week, Keith, has filtered down the line into their
0: Sydney Shield squad. It does push players back into Sydney Shield, and they've got access to good players. The Sydney Shield trial side that they ran out. Bill Benjamin was a signing. He's playing there. Andrew Ultra is there. You've got Nebraska Rakirakai, who is a really impressive young player who's come across. Cameron Yates was in that Shield team. You've got Nick Billsborough, who's made a name for himself in the corridor. He was in that Sydney Shield side. Then you got North Sydney Jersey flag, which they will be able to get access to. Le Kendrick Massoy, Marcus Moore, Tom Delai Lower are all guys that have come through the Western Suburbs system. I'm surprised Delai Lower didn't get picked up by East Campbelltown. Le Kendrick Massoy was a St. George Illawarra jersey flag player last season coming out of the Illawarra Steelers under-18s after Illawarra poached him from Western Suburbs. There is depth there for Asquith to call on in Sydney Shield. As I say, they're mortals for the four. I think you've got Asquith, Cabramatta, East Campbelltown. They're your mortals. I'm leaning Moorbank, and then you've got your bottom four, which I touched on earlier, and then you've got that four through eight. Moorbank is probably making that a three through eight, or three through seven dogfight, I should say. Asquith, I think they're mortals for the four. Grand final tip, Asquith in the shield? Uh, maybe not. Maybe just the Massey, but I can see East Campbelltown being there, and I'm leaning towards... Well, it'll be Cameramander or Asquith to face East Campbelltown in the grand final, I would suggest, impossible. because there is just mm, great depth.
1: There's great depth there, admittedly, but, you know, you're uh, you, you right off Moorbank at your peril. I think I think if Moorbank make the top four, they go the step further, and... And meet East Campbelltown in the decider. I want to see Asquith put some wins together, particularly with the ins and outs that they're going to cop at this level mm. first up before I jump on board the bandwagon. But they are—they are certainly will make the eight. I think they can perhaps make that top four in that third position. Remember, they're going to get a lot of off cuts back from Massey. Jake Pickering will come back. Shay Jarvis will come back. They're going to have a bunch of players coming back. Robbie Williams, who are hard-nosed campaigners at that Sydney Shield level, the hard-nosed campaigners that you need to win the Sydney Shield mm. a bunch amongst a bunch of kids. All right, then, very briefly, before we wrap it up, your tip then?
0: East Campbelltown back-to-back. I think they break the the curse of one-on-one-off. East Campbelltown to
1: beat possibly more bank in the grand final for mine. There's going to be a lot of football on Triple H, 100.1 FM and au. We will start with replays of Asquith versus St. Mary's on Sunday, the 17th of March, and then live football from Lionel Watts the following two Sundays In Sydney Shield after that, where we will see Belrose versus Guildford, followed by Belrose versus East Campbelltown. So we're going to get a good guide very early on. Very,
0: very quick for Belrose to consider exactly what they're up against. Very
1: steep learning curve. And, of course, you can follow us at the Bench Facebook page and, again, at our website, www.hfmog.com.au. Like, that's it. Those damn termites, I'm going to start... Smacking them now, Keith. Next week on Splinters, wait and see. TBA, TBC, but it's going to be something in the world of sport that will tickle your fancy. But for Keith Topolsky, my thanks for you for the last couple of weeks to look at the Ron Massey and Sydney Shield. Can't wait for the comps to kick off. Plenty Plenty to come on Triple H in 2019. But for now, thank you, Keith. Pleasure as always. And that has been another edition of Splinters. Goodbye.